Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Before we get into the main interview, we're opening up the episode with a contribution from Emily Schild, a pop-up grocer, who shares why an article in The Atlantic made her slow down and think about her relationship with time in our work-obsessed culture. Here's more from Emily. Hi, I'm Emily Schult, and I'm the founder of Pop-Up Grocer, a traveling pop-up grocery store. I recently came across an article in The Atlantic entitled, Why You Never See Your Friends Anymore. Maybe it's because I'm knee-deep in the beginnings of my new business and feeling particularly self-absorbed, or maybe it's because I'm always fearful of being an inadequate friend. But this headline gave me pause. The author delves into the current state of work culture and how that has greatly impacted our free time, or really, lack thereof. I tend to think that it is just my New York City bubble that finds themselves constantly hustling and thus too busy for everything. But apparently, the country at large is suffering. One third of the American population is either working unpredictable or overextended schedules, or both. And because of this, because we no longer have the same schedules as one another, it makes it nearly impossible to coordinate to see anyone. The author calls our newfound personalization of time debilitating and simply unaccommodating to a shared life. Personally, I often guilt myself for how impossible it seems to organize a simple dinner among five friends, for how many emails have to be exchanged. Am I too busy? Have I poorly prioritized? As it turns out, it's a collective issue, and the answer to both is yes. Thanks so much again to Emily for sharing. Again, the article she referenced is why you never see your friends anymore. Now on to my interview with Trinity Malzen Walford of Cold. When Trinity Malzen Walford recognized a disconnect between accessibility and wellness, she began building a brand that she hoped would resonate with modern consumers looking to engage in more digestible wellness practices and conversations. Since then, she and her small but mighty team have been working diligently to build Gold, a beloved superfood health and beauty brand for everybody. Trinity's commitment to stewarding authenticity and transparency within the wellness industry has also made its way into her efforts to demystify the realities that come with entrepreneurship in our digital age. So in addition to running Gold, Trinity has also launched a new initiative entitled Office Hours, a social series that she hopes will ignite important conversations about creating a business and life that makes sense for you. Naturally, slow content fits well into both of these narratives, and I was thrilled to chat with the innovator about her thoughts on storytelling and community building in 2019. So without giving too much more away, here's my conversation with Trinity Malzen Wilford of Gold. I think that um, the way that I've always sort of approached um, balancing work with, you know, outside interests is is really understanding that, you know, I'm only going to be 
um, as, you know, as, as solid as I am in my work, as I am in, in my personal life. And so I always make a lot of time to step away from work. Um, at least like the part of work that really feels like work. (laughs) Um, But I mean, in general, I think some of my like top interests are definitely sort of aligned with what I do. Um, You know, I I love to um, nerd out on wellness stuff in general. I'm a huge um, proponent of fresh local produce. So, you know, every weekend, um, my boyfriend, who's also my business partner, um, we, we both go over to, um, the farmer's market, either in Carroll gardens or in union square, depending on, uh, what we're going for. And that's like a, a weekly ritual that, you know, does not go, uh, interrupted, which is really great. Um, and then, um, you know, outside of that, just, um, trying to get out of the city, um, I was raised in upstate New York, um, sort of like the Hudson Valley area. So I am used to, you know, clean air and going on hikes and and things like that, which are are not super accessible in Brooklyn. So um, I try to get out of town as often as possible, at least once a month, um, just to sort of clear my head and, and, you know, get a little bit more in touch with nature. So I feel like those are some of the things that are... um, my, my greatest sources of joy outside of work right now. Absolutely. And it seems like wellness, just aside from it being known as an industry, is something that's very naturally always been ingrained in your life. But I think in a lot of ways, just given where we're at in business and where we are culturally with the advent of technology, that wellness as a whole is really in a state of transition. Wellness is definitely uh, in an interesting phase right now. And I I think it's a really exciting one, to be honest. So, um, you know, when I first started Gold, it was really with this vision of um, wanting to improve my own experience as a consumer in the wellness space. And um, at the time, I was feeling a little bit caught between uh, the sort of crunchy granola stuff that I think we all grew up with. Um, and then what was coming out in, in response to that, um, which was this sort of ultra luxe, um, very inaccessible version of wellness that felt a bit, um, cult like. And so I was really interested in how we could take this category of wellness and, and superfoods and make it more approachable, more inclusive, um, and more focused around feeling good. Um, you know, I think historically there's been a lot of focus around um, wellness as sort of um, veiled diet culture, uh, at the very least, if not just like permanent like self-flagellation, where you're just sort of like suffering and suffering and suffering so that you can achieve this status of wellness, right? Um, and so I really wanted to do away with that, that notion of it and, and really focus on this idea of being well should just be about doing what makes you feel good, whether it's, you know, making sure you get your superfoods in or calling your mom or, you know, whatever that is. Um, and it's been really exciting to see that, um, that perspective start to really take hold. Um, I see more and more brands using that sort of messaging um, you know, I, I see people talking about wellness that way, and that's really, really exciting to me because I think that's where we as a as a society really start to have a truly healthy 
relationship with taking care of ourselves. I'm wondering too, since wellness is such an interesting category and there are so many different ways to approach it, if there's been any sort of confusion around what gold is meant to do just based on any customer thoughts or feedback that you've seen and how you hope to use storytelling as a way to combat any misconceptions or just to help people understand it a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I think that storytelling and um, honest conversations are a huge part of how we communicate with our customer base, whether it's someone that's already a loyal follower of the brand or someone that is just seeing our product for the very first time. Um, And I think the more that we can authentically tell that story of why I decided to co-found this company in the first place, what we're all about, why all of our products feature superfoods and they're not packed with weird additives or or anything else like that. Um, I think that's really how you gain long-term customer loyalty. And and really more than that, you build a, a community that, you know, really surpasses the value of anyone being hooked on, on any one product. Totally. And just while we're on the subject of storytelling, when you were first coming up with the initial roadmap for gold, was there a story that you stumbled upon that really reinforced that this was something that needed to happen? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, to bring it way back, um, the reason why I actually first got into wellness was um, my my mom, um, who is you know still to this day dealing with an autoimmune disease, uh, she has rheumatoid arthritis, and so um, when my mom, when I was a teenager, my mom switched over to seeing a more holistically minded physician, and you know of course noticed a massive improvement in her symptoms. And um, that was sort of this like light bulb moment for me, in which I realized, oh my gosh, this is. Um, this is incredible. I, I knew that eating healthy and whatever was good for you, but I had no idea the, the true power of this. And so I decided that was going to be my career path. Uh, actually was planning on, on um, going to medical school and I was pre-med in college, which is a whole other story. But, um, you know, essentially found out um, as I was wrapping up my college career that my mom had to stop seeing this doctor because she truly could not afford it um, because this sort of holistic care wasn't um, you know, covered by insurance. And so I was struck with this sense of um, inaccessibility to wellness and to taking care of yourself in a more holistic way. And so that kind of, um, I think, moved me away from the the medical path towards holistic care, but got me really excited about what I could do from a product perspective and a brand perspective. And I think that starting with that idea of accessibility and ease um, has been really um, something of a cornerstone to the brand from the very beginning. That's a really powerful story. What does your mom think about this now? She's, she's very proud. Um, you know, I was, uh, she was a, a single parent. And so, um, you know, I, I think she's just like endlessly, um, you know, thrilled about everything that's, that's happened. But, um, I think she's probably, uh, I think I'm probably far more surprised by any success we've had than, than, than she is. I think she's very, you know, she's been my, my number one cheerleader from day one. So that's, I mean, she's been a huge force, um, in, in everything that I do. 
That's amazing. And I feel like that's always the case when you're so deep in the weeds that you can't even remember to think about the big picture. And that's something that I've been trying to do a lot more of in the work that I do. Um, My agency and this podcast really came about after having a lot of conversations about these themes with brand builders like yourself, especially regarding their challenges and finding a happy medium between publishing a lot of content frequently while still maintaining quality and, and big picture themes. And as a result, I feel that there is a collective reckoning for us to slow down and explore what is now being called the slow content movement. And so I'm wondering, what does this idea of slow content mean to you and what you're building at Gold? Slow content is um, the just the only way to be able to move forward um, when you are building a team um, and, and a brand that's bootstrapped and you've got like two and a half people in total working on it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I at times wish that we could be the, the type of company that's putting out like incredible content every hour of the day, but it is, it is uh, truly not even possible for us. Um, but to your point, I think that those limitations force you to really consider how you're going to be communicating with your audience and how you're going to make sure that everything that you share is really worthwhile and not just being shared for the sake of it. Um, you know, I mean, I think we recently had this, uh, this assumption that, okay, you have to post Instagram every single day, blah, blah, blah. And we go days without posting. Um, you know, it just depends on if there's something to say, something that's valued. Um, and I think that's why we still see pretty strong engagement um, on that platform compared to, um, you know, some more established brands. So, I mean, I think that that is, um, I think that's a huge piece of really thinking about how you're going to really create genuine value for your audience um, and thinking about the fact that that doesn't necessarily need to mean being in their ear every hour of the day. I also noticed just based on the content that you do post that you also do a lot of in-person pop-ups and more community-based initiatives offline. Do you think that these kinds of things will take precedence over traditional content? I think that in-person events and pop-ups are absolutely incredible because you get this real opportunity to truly connect with people. Um, But the, the challenge there, of course, is that you can only do it with a handful of people. There, there's only one of me. Um, and, and, you know, I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to show up to these events on a regular basis and also, you know, figure out the, the P&Ls at the end of every month. And so um, I think that digital presence is still going to be really huge for us because it allows us to connect with thousands of people um, with a, a single click of a button. Um, and it also allows us to, um, you know, connect with people that we might not otherwise be able to meet with in person. I mean, I, I think it's great to have these in-person opportunities in these sort of coastal wellness hubs like New York and LA, but, um, what about the person that is not necessarily in a city with, um, you know, enough of an audience that's going to, you know, get me to fly out there. I still want to be able to talk to him or her. And so I think that that digital presence is really key. And and I I think it's been huge for us to really think about how to, uh, while thinking about the in-person side of things, 
still really highlight digital as a very authentic way to communicate with us. And what do you think has been the biggest positive impact in the wellness industry as a result of content? More real life wellness, as I like to call it. Um, People showing how they're actually integrating things like meditation or superfoods into a normal routine that's filled with, uh, you know, work and, you know, maybe kids and, and, you know, everything else that goes on. Um, I think that that is really valuable um, for people to see. And I think that that sort of moves the wellness industry forward, as opposed to only understanding it from this very um, one dimensional perspective of, uh, you know, being perfectly well and, you know, never eating the wrong thing and always working out. Um, I think it's so great to follow along with, uh, you know, like some of my favorite content creators who can show how they're integrating a fitness routine or any other sort of self-care routine into their life in a way that feels very authentic and natural to them. Um, And I think that is a really inspiring, exciting way to get far more people Um, engaged with this. Um, Wellness is no longer something that you need to identify with wholly in order to participate in, uh, which I think it it more so used to be. You were either a healthy person or you didn't care. And now it's okay to care, but it's also okay to eat fried chicken. (laughs) And I think that that's like a really exciting place for us to be getting to. Yeah. And I think that element of authenticity is something that you champion so naturally, not only with gold, but with your own personal storytelling as a founder too, especially with your Office Hour series. And I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about what inspired that. Office Hours is so funny because it started off as the most low-key thing. I, I really wasn't expecting it to turn into anything serious and I know people say that all the time about things that they actually had huge plans for, but this really was just like, I'm going to show up on Instagram stories once a week and help answer, answer your questions. Um, and, and so what really happened there was um, I, I co-founded Gold at age 24 with uh, no money, no experience, and no real connections as far as established founders that could help me out. So those first couple of years were um, a lot of growing pains, a lot of learning the hard way, a lot of failing fast. And, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but at times it was very lonely. Um, And there wasn't really a place that I could go to get this sort of information. All I saw was um, these very glamorized accounts of entrepreneurship that tended to focus on people who had already achieved success. Um, and so they sort of glossed over all the little dirty details of how they got there. And it was just like, this person is now worth like however many millions or, or billions of dollars. And for me, just trying to figure out how I was going to make my first thousand dollars in sales, <laughs> it, um, you know, it, it just did not resonate. Um, and so I found that as gold continued to grow, I had more inquiries coming from friends, um, coming from people that were following me on social media, asking for help with their own businesses, um, whether it was something that they already had um, and they were just looking for someone that was around the same stage as them to to connect with or someone who was um, 
just toying with the idea of starting starting a business because you know it had become uh, such a, a a thing to check off of uh, your your life list now, right? Um, so I started um, showing up on on Instagram stories on on Sunday nights and just running through um, any topic that people requested or that I thought people would be interested in, like you know financial modeling or or marketing. And saw a, a really strong response, and so um, I did that for several months in 2019, and then sort of took the summer off just to really think about how to take this content and elevate it a bit more, and, and make it as valuable as possible to the people that were tuning in each week. And so um, I'm super excited that that is going to be um, relaunching on September 22nd. Um, and so the, the biggest change that I can share right now is that everything is moving from uh, my Instagram stories to IGTV. And it's going to be a little bit more of like a episodic um, series. Um, and then from there, there's a few other channels that were um, expanding into that that I'm really excited about, but I, I can't share just yet. <laughs> but um, essentially, it's really just about how can we make early stage entrepreneurship so much more transparent, um, and not just in the interest of making everyone uh, an entrepreneur, but giving people that transparency so that they can make an informed decision about whether entrepreneurship is is even right for them. Um, I think that's such an important decision to make that we often don't consider. Um, entrepreneurship has become so sexy and, and glamorized. Um, and I think that oftentimes people are being pushed into a hustle that they might not even want. So whether I'm able to help someone with launching their business, or I'm able to help someone realize that they actually just want to have like a really great nine to five job, um, either of those things are like an incredible success in my eyes. I can't wait to see it all come to life. And I think it's also coming at a time where if you look at the greater political and social landscape that we're trying to navigate, these questions that you're posing are going to become even more important to address. And I'm wondering if you can share any tips or best practices for founders who may be listening that also want to use their own platforms to have these conversations too. You don't have to bare your soul. And I think that's something that kind of makes people skittish or, or um, hesitant to share at all. Um, you know, you don't need to tell people how much money you're making every year or anything like that. Um, but, but I think that we owe it to um, the, the, the current and the future generations of, of entrepreneurs to speak honestly about our experiences so that we can also empower one another to make those experiences stronger and, and, and better. Um, so I think that however it feels most comfortable for you, whether it's getting coffee with a couple of friends who, who want to know a little bit more or, you know, blasting things out on your Instagram. Um, I think that however you can find a way to be um, a little bit more transparent about your journey, not only are you really sort of paying it forward for, for other founders, um, I think you're doing yourself a really valuable service as well. Definitely. 
And to really be able to start those conversations, I think that we do need to slow down to create the headspace to even think about what needs to be asked in the first place. And so with that said, I'm wondering if there is one question that you hope people start asking you more often at this point in your entrepreneurial journey. There is a question that I wish people would ask more of from me. Um, I think that that would be really asking about how to understand if entrepreneurship is truly the right path for them. Um, I know I'm like a broken record on this, but I think that like we've just, we're in this era where everyone feels like they need to have three different hustles um, and everyone feels like they're not working hard enough and everyone wants to talk about how hard they're working and and show off about it. And I, I think it's a very unfortunate place for us to be in um, emotionally as a society. So I think the more that, um, we can have these honest conversations about what we all actually want out of our lives, um, whether it's to be constantly on the grind or whether it's to have, um, security and health insurance, which are are things that often do not come in the, uh, the entrepreneurial, uh, path. Um, I think being able to have those conversations and being able to make those decisions in an informed way, um, is, is really going to bring us to a much more balanced, um, like emotional, emotionally, um, society. Yes, it's definitely a tall order to fill, but I do think we're heading in the right direction where we can start making some of these changes And there's so much more that we could address on that subject alone, but I want to close out this interview with a question that's become core to each of these discussions, and that is, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? You know, we're in this era now where content is just being blasted at us constantly, Um, we feel anxious if we're not on our phones because we might've missed a really important email or, you know, something in the New York times or whatever. Um, and I think that the more that you can distance yourself from that a little bit and just, you know, check in when you need to, uh, the more you actually get to enjoy the positive, uh, side of having access to all this content and all this interconnectivity, um, I think when you're constantly tuned in, it becomes an unbearable burden. Um, But if you can come to it when you need that resource or you need that inspiration, um, it can become definitely a a very valuable tool in your life. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who believes that social media is evil or or anything like that. I think it's incredible and it's uh, a huge reason why my brand is even able to exist. Um, But I I do think that we have to really slow down the way that we are um, digesting all of this stuff um, so that we can really appreciate it and and, and see the good in it and and filter through, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's just not helping move us forward. That was my interview with Trinity Mels and Wolford. There's so much ahead for the self-made founder, and you can check out more about what she's building with gold online at gold on social and gold.co. Also tune into her ongoing office hour series on her personal Instagram, Trinity Mousen. 
I'm Rachel Schwartzman, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slow Stories. We'll be back with our next interview very soon. Thanks for listening.